0: Welcome to the Talent and Logistics podcast, I'm Ruth Edwards. This is episode four of a series of podcasts that will cover topics focused on people strategies both at employer and sector level. Today's topic discusses how logistics organizations can engage with educational providers to help with youth employment. We will cover off the benefits of engaging with schools, colleges and universities, how to initially engage with said providers, and how to kickstart your plan. We will discuss the barriers you may have to overcome, how you can get the most out of it, including from a PR angle, and what businesses exist that can help you further. Joining me today to discuss the topic, we have three brilliant friends of talent in logistics. Ian Nicol from Career Ready, Andy Page for Business on the Move, and Bethany Favarg from Nova's Trust.
1: Okay, so Ian, um... You obviously work with um, schools and colleges all of the time as part of your role at Career Ready. Um, and of course, there's going to be so many benefits um, of, for employers of engaging with education providers um for, for the listeners that maybe haven't done this before and are starting to think about how they might be able to work on their kind of youth employment strategies what do you think are the main benefits of engaging with um with schools colleges and universities
2: um, thanks ruth I, I think certainly from my experience there are a lot of benefits um, initially it shows a, a clear commitment to engaging with your local community and potentially giving something back so there's a corporate social responsibility dimension there and very importantly you can help schools to achieve the Gatsby benchmarks and the Gatsby benchmarks really define the best careers provision and advice and guidance that schools can give to their students and two of those benchmarks relate to the world of work uh, specifically encounters with employers and employees and experiences of workplaces so Employers can really bring those two benchmarks to life by engaging with schools and colleges. Um, Thirdly, um, employers can help to enrich the school curriculum so that young people better understand the world of work and and what skills are required to succeed in the world of work. I think a really important point is that um, staff from a whole range of businesses can participate in really positive and enjoyable volunteering opportunities, which provide great personal and professional development benefits. And finally, and very importantly, um, the employer can help to develop new talent pipelines for jobs and apprenticeships. And certainly my experience with Career Ready, there are immense benefits from developing those long-term relationships with schools and colleges.
1: Fabulous, brilliant. I mean, yeah. So there's there's just a whole host of benefits there, then, isn't there? That are just just yeah. fantastic for 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 employers and educational and providers alike. I don't know if Bethany or or Andy, you've got anything to to add there? Any other benefits that you that you can think
3: of? I think for me, it's all about giving that company the opportunity to inspire the next generation, not only the group that they're talking to, but uh, students further down the school as well. Um, You can't underestimate the PR value of playground chat. Um, We see that with our graduates as well, that final years are speaking to third years, second years, first years. Um, on that rolling cycle about the great experiences that they've had with different companies, and that really cements that company as an employer of choice with that group of young people. So in terms of, as Ian said, that all-important talent pipeline, um, that that hour or so that you, you spend in front of those young people really can pay dividends year on year.
1: Yeah, fabulous. So I suppose there's obviously... There's a benefit for the employer and for the uh for the the educational provider the school um but also for the sector as a whole that word of mouthpiece i suppose yeah around the playground of children even if they don't attend sessions say you know of hearing about it, it can kind of raise the profile fabulous okay so also,
4: um, go on andy come Ruth looking into ian's point about and I totally agree with it, are it being a wonderful tool for staff development, this experience, whatever it might be. Uh, and also Bethany's point about the playground chatter. There's also the equivalent chatter amongst employees themselves. And there's mm. a, definitely a warm glow I found that staff unexpectedly get from the experience of working in a school and giving something back. Uh, and I think it's a fantastic demonstration working with education of corporate social responsibility in action
1: fabulous yeah yeah I know that when I've done stuff in the past in schools yeah it does it gives you that that sense of pride and warmth like you say Andy. I'll, I'll ask you the next question Andy if that's okay so if someone was, um, if, if an employer is listening to this podcast and they think that they would like to start their journey of engaging with local educational providers, um, what would you suggest are the best things given your past experiences, the best things to include in that planning stage because obviously there's, there's going to be a lot of planning that goes into it surely.
4: Sure I think there's Three perspectives I'd like to offer on that particular question. Um, the first one would maybe very obvious and common sense, but it has to be said I think is to be very clear uh, from the outset about what you as a business or an organisation want to achieve from your partnership with education, whether it be a school, a university, a college, wherever it might be. You can only know if you're successful if you're clear what you want to achieve in the first place pretty obvious stuff but I think you know it's just going in for a chat with a local school is not good enough you've got to really think it through about what you want to achieve Um, and also be clear too uh, about what business commitment you've got for this you know in terms of your own staff time uh, and, and any resources you might be able to offer be clear before you even engage with the school think that through and maybe there's approval needed get that approval before you start the conversation with the school or college or whatever it might be And secondly, I think research the education provider just like you would a customer. Uh, You know, if a salesman or saleswoman was going to a business client, they'd research them. Do the same thing with the school. There are school websites you can go on. There's prospectuses. um, There's even curriculum subject areas you might want to have a look at what they mean. And all sorts of agencies that you may want to look up on the internet or ideally even talk to if you've got a friend who, who works for such a one. Academies, local authorities, education, business partners, insofar as they already exist. So that's a second point. And the third one is just start to think about some of the parameters that schools have to work within. So when you're planning, um, be aware of, for instance, you may have heard of Ofsted. What exactly is Ofsted? It might be worth just checking out what it is because you've heard so much about it. You're not sure about it. All these league tables. So anything to do with the premiership? I think not. Uh, so just think through some of those parameters the schools are likely to have to work within, and the obvious one is it's, it's, you can expect, for instance, schools have been interested in other views to want to work or plan six to 12 months ahead, especially in the current environment, uh, and that long term planning should be welcome on both sides.
1: Fabulous. Okay, so so be clear on what you want as a business and what commitments you've got. And um, re- do your research and and understand the parameters and and, and understand almost how the skill the schools kind of operate. Um, um, yeah, with their planning and things like that. Okay, that's brilliant. It's nice that you've kind of given people kind of three clear clear areas to think about there. So so again, Andy, um, how would you suggest obviously probably one of the first steps you would think that would be taken is that you'd you'd have an initial kind of call or meeting with the educational provider to kind of talk things through um how would you initially engage and and what sort of things would you expect would get discussed in those first meetings
4: I'd like to take that in two parts if I may starting with how to initially engage um yeah and can I suggest I'd start with a negative? avoid mail shots. Don't engage by mail shot or generic email. Uh, I don't think people would nowadays, but it's, it's, it needs to be said, I think. On a more positive front, I think I would start at the top. I, my personal preference has always been to, to go, I'm sure others probably have similar thoughts, but to go and uh, talk to the heads. You've got to get senior leadership, senior management team at least behind whatever you're doing. It's really going to make a difference. So I think that's very important in terms of uh, initially engaging, start at the top. There, yeah. there may be some key personnel, uh, other in- personnel such as somebody in charge of work-related learning, perhaps, or a key department if it's a particular subject specialism. But essentially, it's the, it's the head and perhaps senior personnel that you'd want to look to uh, to kick this off. And I think also it's important to be clear in your own mind in terms of that initial engagement to make it clear: are you thinking about a long-term relationship here? such as the such as the sort of think logistics relationships a long and robust relationships a long term it's not just a one off activity but making that clear the nature of the relationship you're looking for or is it something very specific um, so be honest and upfront about that um, and I think to have some reference material to have something that the person can refer to um, uh, a, a website or testimonials um, would be also very useful. Um, so that's around the initial engagement.
3: Um,
4: in terms of what to, to plan to discuss in that first meeting, um, I think an obvious thing to say this is nitty gritty stuff, I know I'm pretty obvious, but I think it has to be said because I know errors in this area when people engage the first time is make sure you're going to the right building, uh, to the right site, especially if schools can have split site buildings. Uh, make sure what your car park facilities are. Otherwise, before you know it, you've lost 10-15 minutes of the meeting that you had planned. In terms of the sort of key issues and questions uh, that you're likely to discuss, um, certainly don't assume that you're the first employer through the doors, or the first organisation through the doors offering to do this sort of thing. Do, do some questioning if you haven't done it beforehand find out what the school's been doing in the in the area of uh, links with employers uh, there's not necessarily hardly likely to be a blank canvas to start from and i think then exploring the nature of those links will be very useful so you're starting from where the school's at and you start to tease out what the school's needs are because it must be a listening mode you're in to find out exactly what the school might be looking for if they've got no I- no ideas of course which is unlikely then you can suggest some, but I think starting from where they're at is crucial. Be seen to be a listener. Um, in terms of your own programme, if you're going in with a certain offer, uh, uh, you're clear what you want to be, you can offer, it's space specific, then make sure that it is clear in their terms, that you've got evidence it works, perhaps, and a key testimonial you can refer the head to uh, for future reference. And there may be more than one way to run that programme. Be flexible. That's a key issue. And I'd like to take up Ian's earlier point. I think it's crucial you uh, make it clear that what your business benefits are, what you're going to get out of it, nothing to be embarrassed about. It's got to be on the base of mutual benefit for education and business. So make sure that is explicit in the way that Ian was talking about. That's the sort of stuff, really, that uh, I would uh, be wanting to think through in terms of the first meeting.
3: Fabulous.
1: Brilliant thank you Andy so um so yeah you've kind of got the whole you know listening mode in terms of the school's wants and needs but then you've also got if you've got a kind of a key program that you're keen to to roll out making sure that you've kind of got plenty of evidence and and kind of bits to talk about around that but but ensuring that you're flexible fab I, I mean and um Ian and Bethany you obviously go into schools colleges universities all the time have you got anything to add to Andy's points there at all?
2: Yeah, I I think uh, Andy's points are really well made. Uh, All I would add, I think it's worth checking out before that first meeting, uh, having a look at the school's website, as Andy said, but specifically looking at their careers policy, because all schools now are legally required to publish their careers policy. So that might give you a bit of an insight into what the school's about and how it approaches that engagement with employers. Um, Another useful source of information or contact might well be governors, so check out who's on the governing body who's got specific responsibility for employer engagement because that might be a useful discussion point or entry point as it were. And it may well be if this is a new school you're looking to work with that people in your own business have already got contacts there or the children might be at school there, so I would certainly check out amongst the staff team. Is anybody already in contact with that school who's got children of that school? Because that might be a useful source of information.
1: Yeah, that's a good point, actually, because I can remember I'm, when I worked for Seven Trent, um, Ian, I obviously I've got kids in school and Seven Trent, one of the things that they wanted to do was to get um, to get into schools, to talk to children about water conservation. And I was able yeah. to give them that contact. So you're right. Yeah. Using the staff that you've got um, to make those contacts is is important. Yeah.
4: Definitely. Can I add Fabulous. one concluding point, Ruth? Yeah, of course something I do. That I didn't mention perhaps. When you're in that listening mode, I think it's important to realise you may actually hit upon something in that meeting that actually you hadn't anticipated. You know, you may have thought, well, these are the sort of things I can do, X, Y and Z, but they might, for instance, the head might say, well, we're very keen this year to do something around uh, reducing our carbon footprint. Maybe you'd never given that a thought and it might well be Getting engaged with the science department, whoever it might be, uh, around that might become the thing that's obviously pressing for the school, and it might be like a reverse challenge. Hang on, you're going back as a business thinking, this is clearly the school's need. How can we as a business give this a, a business twist, if you like, and really meet the curriculum needs of the school? So just mm-hmm. having having that flexibility, I think, is key.
1: Yeah yeah fabulous yeah I've, I've seen obviously lots of um businesses and schools work together when there's they've needed something kind of solving and the businesses needed something solving and the schools and colleges have been able to help and I'm sure that yeah that definitely could be done kind of vice versa as well couldn't it yeah yeah good good thoughts fab so um Ian I'll come back to you um what um obviously it's it can be quite difficult, I imagine, at times to kind of keep these relationships going, potentially, you know, obviously businesses have their kind of needs and day to day, you know, things going on. And, and obviously, there's a lot going on in skills. I, I mean, I, I suppose, especially in the current um, climate. Um, what barriers and challenges do you think that employers that are looking to start out on this journey may have to overcome?
2: Yeah, I think it's a really important question. Um the starting point for me has always been that the language and the cultures are different between business and education. And I think the business people need to appreciate this uh, in any engagement with schools. Um, secondly, you 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 referred to the current climate. This is really really important because post COVID-19 schools are going to need a lot of catch-up time to ensure students can cover the core curriculum that they've missed so employers will need to be patient certainly our um, experience currently at career ready is that we're unlikely to be back in schools before january 2021 and that may not be in a face-to-face situation so that will apply to employers as well so it could be 2021 before they can uh, actually get into a school there's nothing wrong with making the offer obviously but i think what's really important and we certainly found this through our recent very successful um, eight-week long online skills festival is that schools will welcome um, online engagement. So that could be employers who can offer skills workshops, virtual workplace visits, and virtual work experience. So if you've got the expertise in-house, I'd really put that down as as a a first priority offer to schools uh, particularly, because I think that will be taken up very readily. I think the other thing just to remind employers about is that the response times from schools may be longer than businesses normally expect. Um, Teachers don't usually have the time to reply to emails within 24 hours and that's that's just something that employers need to be aware of. It might take a little longer and I think particularly uh, from September onwards in the new academic year post-COVID-19 we're going to need a degree of patience. Um, And finally, I think if, once employers are delivering activities, whether it's face-to-face online, they really need to make those activities interesting, engaging and interactive to, men, to maintain student interest, uh, because that's absolutely key to good learning.
1: Fab, yeah, um, I can see, yeah, at the moment, obviously, like you say, the COVID-19 so 20, Jan 2021 you're thinking for career ready but I suppose um, obviously we've mentioned offline before haven't we it, it can take a while to plan these things start discussions yeah. so uh, there's no harm in starting to think about your kind of youth employment yeah. strategy right now is there but but yeah just understanding that you might need to be a little bit more patient is 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 kind of a key consideration. I don't know Bethany if you've got anything different to add on that point around barriers and challenges I mean I know that your business works um more with with universities so it might be slightly different to to schools of um you know where there's kind of more kind of focus on um you know then is there more focus on kind of employer engagement and working with businesses as part of of degree programs
3: uh, absolutely. The focus on employability, um, obviously, the reason students go to university or certainly one of the main reasons students go to university is to get a job at the end of it. Um, so the university is very keen to give them as much opportunity as they can to um, share what it is that uh, that the employers are doing and really pique the students' interests in a lot of different opportunities. If you're thinking a generic business management student could go into any number of sectors, the university is very keen to share what each of those sectors do to try and find the best fit for them um, as quickly as possible at, at the end of their course. Uh, same barriers as, as Ian's mentioned, it, it is that time, um, you know, everyone's very... Time pressured in in education at the best of times, never mind at the moment, um, one of the biggest challenges we find is the academic calendar runs very closely to the logistics calendar, so the time that we need guest lecturers is usually Christmas peak for many of our supporters. Um, that can be very challenging, and we would encourage businesses to really look at who um, who might be available. Is this an opportunity? Um, for junior, senior, it it really doesn't matter who's coming to speak as long as they are passionate about the company and and the sector, Uh, which means that you can flex and bend the number of people and and the the level of people that are coming in at different points to suit the business need rather than it always being perhaps the point of contact with um, myself, Ian or Andy. I think Ian's point is worth reiterating, please do give education providers time to reply. Um, That's that's critical because it may be, particularly at university level, that they're having to speak to colleagues who teach um, the area that you're interested in. If you want to come in and talk about logistics strategy, for example, and your contact is um, the transport expert, then that might need to go to somebody else in the department all those conversations take time um so do bear with it um if you're going through a provider like ourselves um do get in touch with with us and say can you help us with that if you yourself haven't got the time to do so that's um, that's one of our raison d'etre is to get young people in front of employers and vice versa. So there's absolutely the appetite there. There are some well-known and well-documented challenges, but uh, we're always very happy to help you overcome them.
1: Fabulous. Yeah, it was interesting you saying about um, you know, guest speakers and getting people that are passionate in the business, kind of, you know, no matter what their level. When I was speaking the other day on a webinar, I said from an employee engagement point of view, you know, getting someone who's more junior, say, to go in and speak, um, yeah. you've got so many benefits from that. You've got that's a really engaging thing to do for that employee employee, showing them that you kind of trust them to go and speak. It's kind of um from a um from a student point of view they're going to see someone that's really engaged within the logistics sector um and obviously you would say potentially not always of course but maybe a junior person might be a little bit younger and so showing that you know that younger person going into the into the schools colleges and universities um could kind of give that kind of little extra bit of inspiration there couldn't it of oh there's someone there that's not a million miles away from my age kind of um you yeah. know treading that same path so yeah whole
2: host yeah. of benefits from there, I think. Absolutely. Can I just add, Ruth, certainly that we, yeah. we find through Career Ready and Think Logistics that if you get, an, I think we're a big enthusiast for apprentices to be going in and talking to young people so that they're aware of that particular career pathway. But for those students in school or college, the young person that's talking to them, they, they can empathise and they, they can think to themselves, that could be me in three years' time. And that's so important. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Fab.
2: Um, I Bethany? Um, if I may.
1: I'm sorry, Andy,
4: yeah. I'll no, just say, I think I totally agree with what's just been said by both Ian and Bethany. I've simply reinforced the point that uh, the apprentices going, you know, the graduates on your graduate program going into the school can be an amazing piece of personal development for them in terms of project management, using their communication skills, and even marketing skills if they're arranging the whole thing themselves in, in some of fantastic opportunity for staff development within the young people
1: yeah yeah good yeah good point yeah I, yeah I, sh- I should have thought about development but yeah definitely if you're getting out there and speaking in front of a crowd of people and yeah coming up with the ideas of what you're going to discuss that's um yeah great development isn't it for someone that that moves us on nicely actually to the next question for which I'll direct to you if I can Bethany so you know thinking about what those sessions could look like and what you could talk about when you go into the schools or colleges or universities, you know, how an employer can kind of get the most out of it. Have you got any ideas that you could share on that?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the, <clears throat> excuse me, I think the most important thing is to have your message very clear in your mind as to what you are trying to do. Um, for those of us that are, uh, Are perhaps on the sales side of things, that's probably easier. Um, But do tap into people in your organization to ask how they are promoting the business that you're in and also the sector that you're in. Remember, it's a great opportunity to sell your company specifically, but it's also a great opportunity to promote the logistics profession. And certainly, um, I speak for Andy and Ian as well when I say this that's what we are all about. I think having that crystal clear and keep coming back to it is really important. Logistics is a fast paced, well-paid profession that keeps Great Britain moving. And the impact of that, particularly at the moment with um, the pandemic, it it has brought, if any good can be said to have come out of it for our profession, it has put our profession front and centre of the news. We are helping people get the humanitarian aid that they need, the nightingale hospitals for example we are helping people stay fed and stay entertained with um with online deliveries so all of that really paints a powerful picture to young people about how they can contribute to Um, Keeping Great Britain moving, as I said. And I think having some of those key messages really clear helps us to convey what logistics as a profession does and the breadth of it. It's not just trucks and sheds, lorries on the motorway, warehouses by the side. That's an integral part of it and an important part of it, but it is broader. And that allows us then to touch on different opportunities for students wanting different things after. Um, they leave school or college. Avoiding acronyms like the plague um, is advice that we we always give and we don't always stick to ourselves. I'll, I'll hold my hands up to that one. Um, ultimately, everybody in logistics moves stuff. Talk about getting things to the right place at the right time, right people, right place, right time, right product, good quality product. 3PL isn't going to mean anything to anyone. Um, So just consider how you can avoid um, some of the jargon that we absolutely love in our profession without losing those key messages that I've talked about. Um, Keeping it short, keeping it snappy, keeping it um, case study based, you know, share some numbers. What's your volumes? What are your turnovers? What inventory are you carrying? Um, Young people are absolutely awed by those kind of statistics. And it really makes them think, wow, okay, you know, I, I could see myself managing you know a 10 million pound spreadsheet or whatever it is that you happen to be to be doing thinking about one of my uh one of my students there that had that that luxury um as part of his placement year that really inspires them to think i can contribute significantly um and also from a, a wider perspective helps us to divert that focus of um, young people yes but also parents carers and and teachers from logistics just being trucks and sheds talk more broadly. Um, Always give time for questions that's really important sometimes you'll get good ones sometimes you won't but it really helps to build that um, perception that we're a profession that cares about young people's development and that wants them to feel that we're open honest that they can interact with us um, and and allowing time for questions does that be honest if you don't have the answer to those questions as well you know this isn't about this is about us asserting that we love our profession not asserting that we're experts in in all facets of it and that's a really important thing perhaps for our Um, new starters to the profession if they're coming into it to a school talk about what it is that you love about it um that's that's the thing that the kids will want to hear the most is that you are passionate about your profession where you hope to go in the future if you're a, a, a heritage professional where you've been that has relevance to them um, o levels will not have relevance to them um, even some of the uh, i have as levels and i think i'm one of the the few people that that will um, so keep you know keeping it relevant but keeping that passion coming across regardless of what age or stage in your career you're at that is what's going to get that little tiny hook that gets them to go away come to our websites look at what we're doing and hopefully choose a career in the profession
1: fab god loads of good points there I've definitely um made a mental note of the acronyms because I, de- I I am for one guilty of that I'm sure because we we all get lost in our jargon that only we understand um and you mentioned obviously you mentioned about the trucks and sheds type thing and so i suppose it's a real opportunity isn't it i don't know if you want to come in on this ian or andy um, a yes, good opportunity absolutely. to kind of dis kind of dispel some myths around the sector so you know that it's just trucks and sheds or it's just for men or it's you know it's uh, you know it's not a very environmentally friendly sector you know i'm i'm sure there's some things we could kind of Prove is incorrect <laughs> by going into these schools and so on.
2: Can I just add? I think that's a really important point, Ruth. And as well as young people going in to present, to to showcase and be ambassadors for your business, I think it's really, really important that any that if it's a group, a team going in, that that they're diverse as well in terms of gender and yep. ethnicity, because otherwise there's a risk that we reinforce the stereotype, which to a large extent is true that it is a a male-dominated industry um, but I think the other thing I would say to employers as well if you've got some of your own materials there might be promotional videos do include those as well obviously they've got to be fit for purpose in terms of the audience but if you don't have anything like that then please uh, use our think logistics videos we produced about uh, a dozen or so last September Uh, those are young people diverse in terms of gender and ethnicity who talk passionately about their careers in logistics and there are three great examples of a day in the life video they're only two or three minutes long but they'd be ideal to include in any presentation to young people
1: yeah yeah definitely I've seen them myself and they're brilliant so yes they definitely could be used as there's lots of um we'll talk later a little bit about the learning through logistics stuff as well you know careers guides and myths busters and so on that people can download and and can can use if they if they're looking for some inspiration um fabulous Um, bethany you mentioned earlier about Mm. playground chats and um so the pr that we can get you know from from employers going into um into educational facilities to kind of talk um Obviously, there will be a part of employers that want to do this because it's the right thing, that want to do it because it might help with their talent pools for future generation of of employees. But also there is PR exposure, certainly, that you can get from doing this. Um, Could you kind of um, talk to us about that, what people can maximise on in relation to PR?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think there's um there's kind of three channels for this. The first is is obviously as I've touched on with those young people. And the um the key message there will be to keep engaged. This isn't a one-hit and, and you're done. This is at least annually um, a little more if if you can manage it. Um and as Ian said, going through a structured program that's already in schools or taking in tools like um, Ian, Andy and I offer is is a quick win to be able to do that with um, with some level of ease the second channel is internally often these kind of activities can fall to the HR team um, whether that's one member of the team or or a number of members of the team but regardless it, it tends to fall in one area By talking about not only what a great time you've had, which in itself is quite a powerful motivator, but also what you've managed to do in a tangible capacity, how many registrations of interest you've had, um, ask your marketing team whether you've seen an uptick on the careers website, all of those kind of things allow you to then go to the wider business and say, look, this is having an impact. Can I have a bit of help with this or can we have a bit of help with this? That means you can spread the man hours around. It means you can perhaps do an extra couple of um, engagement activities, a site visit, a guest lecture, whatever it might be, um, and the load feels shared. That's really important. Going back to those young people again, if you are going to do this year on year, that becomes important to be able to, to share the load. And also when you recruit some of them and they're in your newsletter and they're out there doing the do, What a wonderful thing to be able to say. We've done this at at no cost or very little cost, um, depending on on your route uh, to to engage. And it's now reaping benefits with with the next generation coming into the business. Um, Finally, you've obviously got the the world external to your organisation. If you have the opportunity to shout about what you're doing, please do. Again it really helps to reinforce that change from trucks and sheds to a global fast-paced well-paid profession that logistics is. That might be, as Ian said earlier, engaging with your community and looking at community um, newsletters or community um, newspapers and talking about the successes there. It might be looking at some of the sector-based press um, I work for the Chartered Institute of Logistics and Transport and we're always looking for, for fantastic news stories. That kind of um, engagement again is always really useful to say look at what we are doing and look at the rewards that it's reaping. Do consider posting on um, your, inter- uh, your news channels um, that are both internal and external websites etc. Um, because, as I said, all of that really helps. It becomes that reinforcing circle. If a young person then comes onto your website, they can see that you're passionate about the next generation by the work that they have seen in your news feed. Um, it's not without work. Of course, it's not without work. All of those things take time. They take collation. They take um, some administrative effort in terms of if you're taking photos, the, the permission, all of those kind of things. But once you're over that hurdle once once you've got that operating procedure in place once you can roll that out year on year um, quarter on quarter depending on how much you want to engage and really help to track that journey through from start to um, it won't be to finish but to fruition shall we say when you start to see some of those great young talent coming into the organization and um really supporting that investment of time and and uh and effort
1: thank you bethany yeah i i am Yeah, there's so much, isn't there? So many benefits that you can get, like you say, internally, externally, within the schools themselves. I don't know if Andy, you've got anything to add on that. I know that I've seen things in the past with your business on the move board game, um, where there's been kind of um, you know, employers engaging with with young people using using the, the game itself. Um, is there anything you would add to what Bethany's said about PR that you can kind of gain?
4: You're virtually guaranteed a good news story when you're going to a university, a school, um, of any type, to be quite honest, trying right through to secondary. You're guaranteed some good news coverage um, and an automatic interest from parents. Uh, I'd really just add that don't underestimate as a business, as an industry, as a sector, your wow factor, not the X factor, you've got a wow factor. And perhaps because you work in the industry, day in, day out. Like any other job, you can take it for granted after a while, but just take a deep breath and look around you next time you're in work. You know, your, uh, your business space, the very size and scale of it, will be a wow to a young person who you would never even dream what the inside of a regional di- uh, uh, distribution centre or warehouse might look like. You know, the physics of how on earth does a ship with 20,000 containers actually float? Um what are all these drones flying around in warehouses doing? Uh, your industry can connect to so many subjects in so many different ways. There's guaranteed good news. And as I say, wow, for teacher and pupil alike. Uh, celebrate your business. Celebrate your sector because you are a good news story.
1: What a pitch, eh? I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to nick that, Andy. That sounded good. <laughs> uh, brilliant. Thank, thank you for, for adding that. Um, so i'm 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 onto to the kind of final part really now of, of of this podcast and and so I suppose you know we've talked to people about the benefits the challenges the kind of planning stages you know the p r exposure they can get at the back of it um the kind of final point I'd like to to discuss um with yourself Ian if that's okay is. What you know, if they're about to now start this journey, are there any businesses? You know, I know that you guys can obviously talk about yourselves now, but businesses and charities that can help an employer further and um, help them to kind of start to establish those relationships, help them maybe with that planning, and um, help them engage with their local schools, and um, you know, so that they don't have to do this on their own because it can be quite a daunting thing.
2: Yeah, I think this is a critically important point, Ruth, uh, because businesses. Are running businesses, aren't they? Uh, And they will be very conscious of the opportunity cost in terms of time. But in terms of reassurance, there's now uh, an infrastructure in place by an organization called the Careers and Enterprise Company. Um, There are now over 30 careers hubs in place in a range of local enterprise partnership areas. And those careers hubs include schools, colleges, universities, and employers. And each local enterprise partnership will have in place an enterprise advisor who's there to literally to advise employers, support them in helping them engage directly with schools. So that's really, really important. You don't have to you don't have to make that initial pitch to the school. You can do it through the local enterprise partnership and the enterprise advisor team. I would also suggest that it's worth checking out with the local chamber of commerce. What have they got in place? It's highly likely that they'll have relationships with local schools they tap into. In terms of um, charities, I mean, there's a whole range of charities that engage with schools, such as Speakers for Schools Be Ready uh, and Career Ready. And all the charities that I'm aware of and that we certainly partner with are there to help. And I'd obviously include Novus and Business on the Move in that list as well. Um, In terms of career ready, we've already got direct links with over 400 schools and colleges across the UK and a regional manager team in place and those regional managers will account manage those businesses that want to engage with schools and provide direct support to uh, volunteers because volunteers are so important in terms of enriching the school curriculum and helping young people understand the world of work and particularly the fantastic uh, opportunities that are available in logistics. So, employers don't have to negotiate those links um, directly. Um, many charities are also have programs in place that employers can tap into, uh, whether as I say, speakers for schools where you go in and deliver uh, a talk for an hour, or in the case of Career Ready where you can be a mentor, you can deliver a skills masterclass, you can host a workplace visit or you can offer a work placement or ideally a paid internship. And again, most charities have learning resources available. So again, I don't want employers to think that they've got got to spend a lot of time to develop learning resources. They're often available through those charity links. And certainly Career Ready, we provide CPD for volunteers so volunteers can feel confident when they go into school to engage with young people. So in essence, employers don't really have to organise anything other than their own time. Uh, and how they can release volunteers. A lot of um, business organizations and charities provide the infrastructure uh, to ensure that they can engage successfully with schools. So I I urge employers, if you're thinking about taking that first step, then take it because there's a lot of support in place to make sure that you can uh, have a successful outcome.
1: Brilliant, thank thank you, Ian. might be worth actually bethany just touching um touching on the university side of things because i suppose from a novas trust point of view that employer support um, and that employer relationship in terms of placement years and things like that is is um, maybe a little bit of a bigger commitment but again something that can obviously reap huge benefits for for both parties um you know is what's what kind of support is there is there for that
3: Any of uh, any of the universities UK wide, and I'm sure beyond, will have an employability um, office, whether they call that a placements office or a a graduate connections, or all called very very. strange and and wonderful things but fundamentally in place to support um, employers getting in front of of young people and securing that talent. Um, They are much much more than jobs boards and I would really encourage particularly if you're looking for for talent local to your organisation or HQ to get in touch with your local university. Um, because they can offer much, much more than just sharing graduate and and placement roles. Um, Very willing to work with you to try and determine uh, how much engagement you want um, and uh, what the right channels and times for that will be. Um, Novus works across eight UK universities, so we do a little bit of that for you um, on your behalf for our sponsors um, but but very similar to the uh, to what universities will each offer individually um it's no no easier and no harder i think to be involved in a university than it is um to be involved in a school different different challenges as we've as we've covered um but if you are looking to to engage with with universities directly and perhaps are a little short on time there are hundreds and, and of universities and tens of thousands of, of schools, um, as Ian said, it really does pay dividends to get in touch with one of the organisations with an established footprint in universities, schools and or colleges, um, because it really can help you make the best of your time and really get that return on investment.
0: Brilliant fabulous
1: so people aren't alone there's loads of support out for them if they want to go down this route um and obviously from a from a sector point of view as we've discussed maybe the time is right now you know with the sector kind of being under the spotlight as you said earlier bethany and you know um obviously the efforts that have been made always but have, i think have been particularly highlighted during um this pandemic has kind of um made the sector kind of shine a little more, I suppose, and be a little bit more exposed to people that maybe weren't quite so uh, knowledge, knowledgeable and didn't have um, maybe the same perception um, um, maybe a, f- a few months back. Um, so the time is now to start planning um, how you can kind of engage with those local schools, colleges and, and universities as an employer. Thank you so much everybody for joining me today, it's been a real pleasure.
3: Thanks very much for having us.
2: Cheers,
0: Ruth. Before we go, I must let everyone listening know about our Learning Through Logistics platform. Created in collaboration with the three businesses that have joined me today, plus submissions from lots of other businesses in the sector, we've created a hub of educational resources that are free to use, and we encourage parents and teachers to use them to teach their children about the fascinating world of logistics. The initiative was launched to help the public understand the role that the logistics sector plays and get school-aged children excited about the sector. We have games, quizzes, colouring sheets and curriculum-based learning resources too. So please do get involved. Now, that's a wrap for our Talent and Logistics podcast episode 4. Our next episode will be released in two weeks' time. But for now, and to everybody listening, stay safe and speak soon.